0: Big times, baby. COVID forever. This is this is our first irresponsibly flippant, um, relaxed episode uh, that we're recording in the midst of a of a global pandemic. Um,
1: how are How are you, Kyle? Uh, I'm doing all right, all things considered. Uh, it's it's a weird time to be alive uh yeah
0: yeah uh it's uh i have been hiding out so I, I i mentioned on the last episode i believe i mentioned that i have moved back to montana i'm not i'm not currently living in la and i'm staying with with friends who have um like a real house with two stories the basement is like a nice finished basement it's almost like its own whole separate apartment And so I am both very lucky and feel like a piece of shit because I'm being, I'm essentially being quarantined to an Airbnb while my, my friends I'm living with have half the space they once did. And, you know, it's them and two children fearing me and any diseases that I might be bringing into the home. So, uh, good times. Uh, also, uh, fuck it. Hi, this is the big bang theory theory. Hi, I'm Nick.
1: Hi, I'm Kyle. I feel like we were, I mean, the, it's sort of an old joke by this point, but I feel like if anyone's going to do well in this whole stay inside, play video games all the time, never talk to anyone game, it's going to be the two of us.
0: You know, you'd think so. But like, so uh, a, a big part of me moving back to Montana was I was, I was overwhelmed with the, the, my my sadness i couldn't handle my depression i thought i needed to be more in contact with friends and everything and it's now that i'm back i'm like i cannot be around or see anybody like everything that i feel like i should be doing to fight my depression is exactly what i shouldn't be doing in the time of a quarantine and so i'm just like even though i am very well suited for this i am also just like oh god i i can't even fucking get a quarantine right
1: no oh, what am i doing no it's the mummy's curse. The mummy skirts.
0: I mean that's what I get for busting up a random sarcophagi. Uh which what else are you gonna do in these trying times? That's how this whole thing got started. Um, you know, I I wanna be at front this time like I'm so just kinda like not overwhelmed, but just so over the the world right now that that envelops this episode. And I, I think I'm going to spend less time talking about this episode than I've ever talked about an episode in previous BBTT history. Um, But I, uh, we should still talk about the episode at least a little bit. So uh, I don't, we'll do the short summary. Um, This is season three, episode 20 and uh, pretty, pretty bare bones episode. Um, It's uh, basically, this is the first episode post Leonard and Penny's most recent breakup, or I guess their first official breakup, because like they they'd never like been really together before, but they've been together for like a whole season now ish. Is that about right? I
1: guess that sounds right.
0: It's close enough. You know, it's not important enough to really keep track of. I guess, but now now the whole episode basically focuses. It is a little
1: weird that they I can't remember anything like because they. When did they get back from the Arctic expedition? That was the beginning of season 3, right?
0: Yeah, I think I think the season 2 uh cliffhanger was that decision. Right. Was, yeah, I'm going to go off to the Arctic and then it's all resolved within half of the next episode.
1: <laughs> right. And then that was when Penny and Leonard officially got together. It was right as he got back from the cold north. Yes.
0: So. Because he he agonized over her her final words, which were like, "I'm gonna miss you." <laughs> of course, you know. Let's be as miserable and stretch that out as many different ways as we can. Uh, good job, Leonard. Um, but yeah, so now now, now they're all broke up, and the the friends are doing the traditional broy thing, I think, and taking sides. Uh, I think it is just a true thing that when two people break up. It is very difficult to be friends with both of them, um, and it does make sense that all the friends would lean towards Leonard as they do. They they turn it into this like weird bro code thing, though. It's like you got to pick sides. Well, no, you kind of you just kind of stay friends with you're already friends with. You weren't as close with Penny. It makes more sense that you'd stay friends with Leonard. If you all defected, became friends with Penny, that would be fucking crazy. You'd still be playing your pick your sides game, but it would just have it would be insanity and maybe i'd prefer that if they all decided they like penny better but um
1: that would be weird if like leonard slowly regressed in the background of the show and became like the weird guy who lives across the hall i mean he's not he's not the
0: most interesting of the characters i don't want to say he's the least interesting but he's definitely bottom half and so if he just became the weird shut-in that would be some more of an interesting character trait to, to be able to live with i'd enjoy that um but anyway, all of this has kind of been like general background. The way the episode actually starts is uh, Sheldon is checking his mail in the apartment and Penny walks in, no other way around. And Sheldon's like, oh God, I don't know if we're supposed to talk or blah, 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 or whatever. And then they end up having a conversation on the way up the stairs. Um, Penny mentions that, uh, oh no, Sheldon just spots in her, in her shopping bag, the same uh, pasta sauce that his mom used to cook with. Uh, and so Penny is like, hey, yeah, sure, small talk, maybe I'll make you spaghetti sometime. And he's like, well, I'm hungry right now. And so fucking power moves her into immediately making him dinner. Uh, he goes into his own apartment. He's supposed to meet Penny in about an hour to have spaghetti with little cut up hot dogs with her because, uh, well, well, I'll get back to that later. I'm just gonna focus on summary for now. Okay. Um, he goes back into his own apartment where all the other nerds are. They're eating their normal, uh, Chinese or Thai food. And, uh, So Sheldon is being very conspicuous while trying to hide the fact that he shouldn't be eating this dinner because he's about to go to Penny's and have spaghetti with her. Uh, So he makes a big awkward deal about how much he's eating. He uh, goes to the refrigerator, pretends he's drinking a beverage, but shoves a whole package of hot dogs down the front of his pants because he loves spaghetti with little hot dogs cut up in it. Um, And then he can't just go back to Penny's because Wallowitz wants to walk out with him. So they have to play this whole game of um, trying to get away from Wallowitz while still walking in the same direction as him. Uh, When he's down um, in the front of the building, as he leaves, I thought it was like this really weird conspicuous thing that an extra, the show almost never has extras. But a woman walked by is like, oh, hey, boy, come back here. And I was like, Jesus, that was just a strange throwaway line. I wonder if they're trying to put this thing in a world. But no, it had a specific purpose. Because after uh, Sheldon uh, ends his interaction with Wallowitz, who who leaves the apartment on a scooter, ah, the dog approaches. Uh, He's hungry for hot dogs that are all over Sheldon's nuts. Uh, And so Sheldon gets chased down the street by a dog. Uh, He escapes it somehow. We don't really see that because he shows up at Penny's apartment all frazzled with one remaining hot dog cuz he had to feed all the others to the scary dog that was chasing him. They have their spaghetti together. It's fine. They kind of talk about uh how much how miserable Leonard's been and kind of what the boundaries and expectations are um now that they're broken up and it's it's fine. Uh Sheldon then goes back to the nerd hole. Uh is continues to be conspicuous about his interaction with Penny. Uh but Leonard uh eventually after going to bed Penny, not Penny, uh, Sheldon, knocks at his door to be like, oh, God, I have a terrible confession. I spent time with Penny. Uh, um, Sheldon, I mean, Leonard thinks that's fine. No real tension or anything. And that's most of the episode, except for the final third or quarter, which totally changes focus. Instead, it is no longer about who can be friends with who and what those expectations are. Um, it is now Sheld- uh, Leonard and Penny decide uh, basically they are put in the position of being divorced parents with equal custody over Sheldon. And so Sheldon is like going to Disneyland with Penny and her friends for some fucking reason. Uh, And Leonard's giving all this disappointed, frustrated dad talk like, Oh, you know, is he just going to eat junk food? Oh, don't let him have churros before he gets on magic Mountain or space mountain or whatever. It's just a completely different episode for like the last eight or nine minutes. Um, and the very ending of it is uh, Sheldon and Penny. No, I keep saying Sheldon instead of Leonard. Leonard and Penny saying, oh, hey, I guess we can be friends. Leonard's like, we can be friends with have sex, though, right? And Penny's like, yeah, I'm fucking out of here. Episode over. Um, and then one thing that I want to squeeze in that wasn't plot relevant at all, but happens is that uh, because Sheldon is off hanging out with Penny for the night, um, the other nerds are hanging out. Uh, Raj, while it wasn't going home, so it's just Raj and uh, Leonard and Raj is immediately like, I'm so lonely. I haven't had sex in over a year. Do you mind if I go into your room and just download some Asian pornography? And I'm like, what the fuck is going Why is this happening all of a sudden? <laughs> And not only that, but like, then he proceeds to like, I, I think this is on his own computer, but he's says hanging at Leonard, Leonard with a couch and Leonard's like, blum, 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 movie, whatever. And Raj just like, hey, is this Martha? Do you think this is really Martha Stewart naked with all these jet, like burly Japanese men surrounding her? Is this really Hillary Clinton going down on Oprah? Like, why are you doing any of this? What has this show become? Um... I don't know. I guess I'm already into disgusting fighter points. i just surprised that Raj immediately is like, yeah, hey, I'm glad that we have this time to talk. I'm so horny. C- can we just be open about what I'm into? C- can I... I just want to show you some things and get yeah. how you react to it, I mean, Leonard. we all
1: have, we all have that one friend, right? That one friend who comes over to your house and immediately sits on your couch and starts watching porn.
0: No! <laughs> no, I do not! <laughs> I think... Um, in my friend group, especially like, say, ten years ago, you know what and, they say: if
1: you don't know who that friend is, you're that friend.
0: Oh no. Um, but my, my my friends and I pretty close, open with each other, and like open, like obnoxiously in a "how cool are we" kind of way about like watching pornography and things like that. And as open and as obnoxious as any of my friends were, I've never once had a friend come over and is like, "Hey, check out this sweet porn I've been watching." you need to see this weird shit i've been into because so i think there's always the understanding that like we're all open people that support each other but that doesn't like invite okay nick hides over sharing life personal story <laughs> um
1: nick's over sharing life story it's nick's over sharing life story time we're all gonna die from coronavirus so this could be the very last one but i
0: yeah um I went to China for six weeks when I was in law school. It's part of like a sort of exchange program. And um, apparently, I'm, I'm sure it's still probably the case. It was the case at the time, but like pornography is illegal in China, I believe. And, but that did not dissuade uh, street vendors from just having tables full of DVDs of like illegally, like st- like stolen copyrighted movies and pornography just all over the place. Um, and one day I was in my hotel room and my roommate was like, oh, I'm going to go check out this museum. I'm like, all right, cool. Have fun. I'm just going to hang out. But really I was like, okay, time to view some of the pornography that I brought with me in privacy. Um, because I, I need to stay sane. And so I do, but within like 10 minutes I hear the key card click at the door of the the hotel room, and I'm like, I struggle, I to like get my pants up as quickly as I can, like shut on my computer. But I wasn't fast enough, and my roommate he just catches a glimpse of what's going on. He doesn't say anything, but he knows, but he doesn't say anything because he's a decent person, or so I think. But what happens then is he's like, we have a bond now, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you all of these sweet copies of pornography that I've been buying from street vendors. And he's like, check it out. I got this and I got this and I got this. And I'm like, I want nothing to do with any of this. We had a mistake together. We're not like best porn buds. Now I wasn't sharing a moment with you. You walked in on me in a moment of shame and now you're protracting that shame and you're making it's exponentially growing and that's really about like nothing else came of it but like it went from we don't know each other at all to we are best friends with a secret and uh i didn't like that one bit one bit at all um so yeah i'm not down with raj shona being like check out all the creepy stuff i've been peeping no thank you
1: Don't. Oh, well i don't know deep fakes i guess are kind of fundamentally a violation of Ethical boundaries, but I started to say, "Don't kink shame," but you can kink shame Raj. Fuck Raj.
0: No, no, no. Raj could he, Here's the thing: I was trying to uh, apparently very ineffectively demonstrated before that I'll, I'll try to get more clear now. Raj can like whatever he likes. I'm fine with whoever liking whatever they like, but you don't come over and start blasting it at somebody. <laughs> like I, I watch pornography. I've never gone up to somebody and been like, "Hey, we're friends, so let me." let's experience all of my pornographic tastes
1: together. No, that's still my personal shame. It would be, it is easily the single weirdest, like, it's actually weirder, I think, than any of Sheldon's violations of personal boundaries, because we can, at least with those, we're like, I mean, those are you, those are just like the mistakes a child makes most of the time. Yes. It's just like, he just doesn't understand. It's like, Raj is to all appearances, a functional grown ass human being, which makes it, very weird! Oh my god! Oh, I just had the most awful, awful. Thought. Yes, yes, Kyle. Is this what he and Wallowitz do? And they're sp- like when they're hanging out together. Is this like their thing? That
0: is a great question. <laughs> um, but more it it bothers me a lot because my immediate next question is how is Wallowitz not that guy? He is the one who is like the most egregiously upfront sex offender energy of anyone in the show but it's raj who who cracks and is like i need to fuck here's what i'm into why don't we check it out together um that said uh b- before they start watching movies leonard has a few different films in his hand the only ones i can make out where i think like young sherlock holmes was one of them i know nothing about that i didn't know that was a real movie but one of the other films is the watchman and i think given the choice I would rather uncomfortably sit through watching pornography with a friend of their choosing than watch the Watchmen again, because like one of them might be interesting and weird and teach me new things. And the other is just going to be like boring and make me sad and offended. Um, so I think Wait, given the option,
1: what's the watchman about
0: the movie, the watchman, like yes. based on the comic book, you mean Watchmen? Oh, I'm sorry. I put a the in there.
1: Yeah. Cause that's fucking weird. The Watchman.
0: All right, listen, guy who can. Hey, did you see that?
1: To- did, did you see that movie, The Superman? Oh hey, yeah, Kyle, I saw The Superman as the
0: guy who like cannot say FTL, the name of the game that is not called faster than light. That is literally called yeah, FTL colon faster than light as a subtitle.
1: <laughs> that is not as weird. I'm sorry, I'm sticking to my guns on this one. You, know, no, I, like, I included used an unnecessary it like- article. It's the single word. The Watchmen. <laughs> you want to watch I, The. Hey, have you. Which do you prefer? The Men in Black or The Men in Black 2?
0: See, that actually sounds totally fine to me. <laughs> hey, I, you know want to go watch Martin up-
1: Lawrence and uh, the, their third outing, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith as The Bad Boys?
0: See, that makes less sense because those are official proper names rather than groups or organizations such as men in black could be then in the men in black watchmen though known as watchmen they are also a group of people who are the watchmen
1: no they're not there's (laughs) there's never
0: they're the uh if you were talking about men so okay like this is a weird example to bring up but it just in my came in my brain there was a group of local militia in montana back in ye day who were the montana freeman if their official name is montana freeman and not the montana freeman I think it'd be weirder to refer to them regularly as Montana Freeman as that like big general category and think it is strange if anyone were to ever utter, Oh, you mean the Montana Freeman. Oh no, 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 no. Not the Montana Freeman. I literally have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, but if I were really grasping at straws, could you possibly be referring to Montana Freeman? I've never heard of the Montana Freeman. Okay. This was a really long way of saying you piece of shit,
1: Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry. I know I guess uh anyway, you you're still down to watch the Austin Powers with me later, right? I think so. I think my plan <laughs> is when we're done with
0: this. Uh, and again, that doesn't count. That is a single person's proper name. That is not the group of an organization. <laughs> if there were a bunch of Austin Powers working collectively, like if the different iterations No, no, you're right, through you're, time, right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry.
1: I was confused. I was distracted by looking at my copy of David Foster Wallace's The Infinite Jest
0: again singular proper name not the name of an organization or group of people i am not budging on this my heels are dug in i'm sorry for everyone the three of you that still listen to the show that this is the most engaged i've been is fighting with Kyle over proper use of an article in front of a name this is where this is what the plague has brought me to. So little in this world matters, and now I'm finding out what's because, really important to me. And I, I me. can't
1: stress this enough. Well, at here here no comes point, another brilliant in, one.
0: I'm excited for whatever in, this is about to be. At
1: any point in that comic book, is anyone like, boy, it's a good thing we're getting the Watchmen back together. It's a good thing our team canonically called the Watchmen is now together. See,
0: the more you say it, the more ridiculous I think you sound, and I think I'm on the right side of history on this one, and I'll be vindicated in the courts. What the fuck? Okay, yeah, I don't know. What else do we want to talk about? The this, Buffy, episode?
1: the Vampire Slayer. Singular proper noun. Not a group organization. The rule follows. <laughs> well, and also, I'm gonna be, when that movie The Batman comes out, all of my arguments are going to fall apart anyway.
0: Yeah, eat crow. <laughs> um, <sighs> I feel like th- I, we never like bring this up, but I feel like I've been completely overwhelming you this episode. And I've been like 90% of the talking. I want to know your well, thoughts. Well, to on be this. fair,
1: most of it was that your summary took like 18 goddamn hours to get through, but that's okay. Okay.
0: So your turn, buddy.
1: I'm giving you the floor. <laughs> well, and also you took the Raj has a weird thing for Asian porn for talking openly about his addiction to Asian for- pornography, which was obviously the best thing in the episode. So. Not the best, but like the easily the most noteworthy. And like, how did this get in to the same episode that has all this other stuff in it? Um, Yeah, my main thought was the first half of this episode was pretty, uh, like it was pretty, it was your pretty basic sitcom premise, right? It's like your classic, oh no, two dates to the prom, whatever, whatever, two gigs at the same time. He's supposed to have dinner with two different people and he's overreacting about it and hijinks ensue. And then like you said the second half of the episode or maybe lat- final third is just literally okay now we're just mapping the functional dynamics of divorced parents onto Sheldon and Penny and mm-hmm. Leonard which
0: Yeah, it's it's weird and it doesn't work. Like I I told myself well, while I was it, watching it-, it
1: might work for like one or two jokes but it's literally the entire like they they start making the joke in the laundry room with like Well, it's like, well, his mother wants me to take him shopping. Oh, I was going to take him shopping. Well, you can do this. And it's like, okay, well, this is a funny little joke. I get it. But then they just keep going. It's like a bad improv sketch.
0: Speaking of clothes shopping, um, one of the first things that I did while watching this episode is uh, Penny was wearing this jacket that has like rainbows and clouds on it. And she's worn it before. And I've noticed it before and loved it. And I tried to do a quick Google search to find it. 'Cause I want to own and wear that jacket. I like it a lot. I didn't have any luck. Hard times. I might keep trying. But uh
1: So for people who listen to the show, if you know what the brand name of Penny's clothes are. You know what sucks? I bet more people are watching the Big Bang Theory right now than have like watched it in like I bet the Big Bang Theory is having a good time right now.
0: I would doubt that for a second. There's plenty of people who like we're we're about five years apart in age, but I think <laughs> On five years of either end of us um who thoroughly enjoy the show, and this is like their comfort food. this is their bingeable thing um which I don't think I really have i've got I've got games that I play when I want to just like mindlessly zone out, but I'm not really good at like just watching t v shows I think i've o- the only show that I've ever watched through more than once is spaced, and I think that entire series is like twelve episodes
1: <laughs> I mean. I thought you'd watch Peep Show. Oh, Peep Show.
0: Sorry. No, Peep Show is the exception. Yes, Peep Show. Watching with you is we are currently in my third go-round because that show is fantastic.
1: I think I've seen most of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and The Doctor Who once or twice, but singular proper noun. You Um, You would think I'd watch The Firefly more since it's so short, but
0: yeah. This is it gets better every time. I look forward to this happening I don't know, 16 more times before this the episode is, just, is over. I can't
1: let it go. Oh, do you um, think it's going to stop with this episode of the podcast? You this is this is now your singular.
0: favorite running gag. So remember that Nick that time that Nick Hyde was talking about the Watchman and I was flabbergasted <laughs> because my eyes just glazed over as I tried to understand what possible words were being processed by the grinding gears of his dull dilapidated brain and finally i thought he must be referring to watchman because i could not possibly mm-hmm. comprehend what the watchman could be um to get back to the show i really liked that sheldon's uh mom made him eat spaghetti with uh hot dogs in it because it's what romans would have made uh jesus eat and i really like this idea of uh jesus being like uh, a prisoner, whatever, and being forced to dispound delicious spaghetti while he prepares for his the end it's of his life. I feel like
1: that's basically an episode of Hitalia, and I dig it. Hitalia? You never watched Hitalia? I've never heard of Hitalia. No, Hitalia. Also, never heard of that. Wow. Well, Hitalia? Yeah. It's an anime where all of the characters are anthropomorphic. uh Anthropomorphized countries, so the three main characters are Italy, Germany, and Japan. And guess how they met?
0: This, uh this is a very Japanese thing that I'm hearing about
1: right now. <laughs> the subtitle of the show is actually "Hitalia Axis Powers." Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, I'm
1: interested. Surprisingly funny, but deeply problematic. You don't
0: say. Um. I like it. Oh, God, we've already talked way longer than I expected on this episode. Um, again, most of that is – I'm not even going to get back into you right now. But um, I, I want to give you more opportunity to discuss because, yeah, I, I feel like I've really overwhelmed this episode. If there's anything else you want to get into.
1: Um, it wasn't, it's inconsistent characterization for Sheldon, and I don't know why it still bothers me. But the idea that Sheldon would not have known that Leonard was, like would not have thought before he – made plans with Penny that Sheldon or that Leonard was bringing him home a particular dish on a particular night is unfathomable based on everything we know about the character. Not only is it unfathomable. Are are, are
0: you talking about their, their final interaction as divorced parents when. No, I'm talking about what
1: sets up the, the whole thing that sets up the episode is Sheldon sees Penny making spaghetti. He's like, Oh, let's have spaghetti tonight. And she's like, okay. And then, Sheldon walks into Leonard's room and Leonard's like hey I got you your your whatever chicken from the Chinese place yeah um, as if like one of the most common things that we know about Sheldon is that he has a ruthless internalized schedule for like what he will eat and when See, that's not surprising to me
0: because like everything about Sheldon speaks to all of his daily activities being uh, guided through a ruthless internalized schedule Um Right that's what
1: i'm saying so what i'm saying is the more realistic thing realistic the the more consistent thing is probably a better way of putting it would have been for Penny to go okay let's have spaghetti do you want to have it tonight no i can't tonight it's chi- it's whatever chicken night it's orange chicken night okay oh, well what I about understand tomorrow what night no i can't tomorrow night we always have indian food on thursday night well what about fr- friday night's no good that's pizza night
0: so i i think you are right in that yes uh Normally, nine times out of ten, I believe that is exactly what Sheldon would do because he does have such a rigid schedule. And I do believe that most, if not all of his evening's dinner plans are are predetermined that way. But what the element you are forgetting is, ah, uh, ha, 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 that of a mother's love. This was his favorite thing his mother made him, the spaghetti with the hot dogs in it. He, he was overwhelmed by, by nostalgia and and the need of some sort of tender familial sort of feelings that he can only and Sheldon is the, I'm not Sheldon, but Penny is the only female uh, person in his life that I think he has any sort of uh, opportunity to get some sort of maternal uh, love at all from um, and so yes, I, I think it is, it would be out of character if he didn't love his mom, mom so much and it's been established very well that he loves his mom. mom.
1: Yes, okay very well, I'll let, that, I'll let him go <laughs> He does love okay. his mother. Say what you will about you. You'll Sean. let
0: that go. <laughs> um, All right. I think mean, there's more stuff that I could talk about, but yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. We've done enough. We got to get to our nerd things. This episode is fine. I feel good. Anything
1: else you want to talk about, Kyle? In the episode? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not. Where whatever. is Wallowitz? I was just wondering, where did Wallowitz go in this episode? Do we ever... Oh, yeah, he, that's right. It was probably just like the writers didn't have a use for him in this one, but he makes one joke about having to take his mom to like the, or pick his mom up from water aerobics and then basically disappears.
0: Yeah. He, he says something about it being a bunch, like, like, like a bunch of manatees wrestling around in a tank or something like that. And when Raj is uh, thinking about his place in the friend group, he says that he's the least likely to be called that if this were the justice league, he would be Aquaman. And then uh, while it was like, oh, it would be great if you were Aquaman because then you could be the one to go fetch my fat bitch manatee mom out of her tank. Uh, I remembered things in this episode. I'm doing great.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm out of stuff to talk about in the episode. All
0: right. Um, well, then let's just get into our nerd things. Um, I'm going to, I don't really have like a single nerd thing I want to talk about this week. I've been consuming a bunch of random media. And I think if anything, I'm probably just going to, uh, to whine about Animal Crossing a little bit. Uh, but did you have anything... The
1: Animal Crossing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Kyle. Fuck it. The Animal Crossing. This is my new character. This is me now. But the Kyle, did you have anything that you wanted to discuss first? Or should I go?
1: No, after you.
0: Okay. So, I had never played an Animal Crossing game before, and I don't, didn't really know a lot about them going in, but given the plague... Uh, I figured this will be a really great, engaging way for me to spend time. I can smoke the last of the weed that I brought with me from California before I have to connect with a local drug dealer here in this horrible, uncivilized state where i can 't punch some numbers into a browser and have a stranger bring me delicious delicious drugs um, and so i I kind of impulse bought Animal Crossing. My only previous experience with Animal Crossing is when the very first one came out on Nintendo 64 and a friend of mine at the time was playing it and I would berate him about what a dumb thing he was doing because it was obviously a stupid game for babies that had no goals or purpose and you didn't do anything in it and it wasn't any fun to watch and I couldn't understand how he would go around. Wait, really? This was you? This was me. Wow. It was a different time. It was, it was before Stardew Valley taught me I how to chill to out. Um, so yeah, but now I, 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 I downloaded Animal Crossing. Um, it came out just yesterday, so obviously I and no one else on the earth except for video game reviewers have had much time to play it yet. Um, but so far it is a good and simultaneously frustrating experience. Um, because I am enjoying it, but I do also feel like it is a game that is primarily designed for babies. Like there's not a whole lot of deep or interesting mechanic so far it is really like shake this tree until you get enough branches that you can turn those into an axe and then take that axe and chop more things down so you can get wood so you can make your next thing um you know that, that's the the primary thing i've been doing in the game so far is crafting
1: yeah i hear the combat balance is just way fucking off in this one
0: I wish there were some sort of combat. You can visit each other's islands. I accidentally hit my friend with a shovel, but it didn't do anything. That's no fun. Um, you can catch bugs. You can catch fish. Um, you visit with the, the, the residents. Oh, so the whole premise of the game is I, I, again, I haven't played the earlier ones, but my assumption has just been you're a member of a village and you're trying to have a good time. Um,
1: and this oh, yeah. one. And you owe money to Tom Nook. And if Tom yes. Nook doesn't get his money, he's going to break your fucking legs.
0: Which is, is something else I want to talk about. Yeah, so my understanding, too, is that Tom Nook, maybe just mostly through memes that I've been familiar with, has come to resemble the most evil, s- selfish overlord of the Nintendo kingdom, where that his, his instrumentality of evil is that he, he uh, holds control over your entire life through the monstrous amount of debt that you accumulate from, I don't know, buying a house from him or whatever. So in this game... Uh, you start off as uh, a young person who wants to get away from it all. And so you you go on a trip to a deserted island. It's just you, a couple other randos, and Tom Nook and his apprentices. Uh, and so when you get to the island, you're not really given much due except, hey, this is fun. We're here. We're going to try to set up a place to live. By the way, you owe me 5,000 sky miles for the trip here. But the weird thing that I, I was surprised by is that you can pay those off very quickly. Tom Nook does not have nearly as much control over my life in this game as I expected. And then you have the option afterwards of buying a house from him, which costs almost 100000 in a different currency. But I'm finding that I am accumulating that currency way, way more quickly than I ever expected to. Like I don't know if I'm only supposed to play this game for like thirty minutes a day,
1: yes, or I think that's the I think that's the thing. I think that the because of the way the t- my understanding. I played the one for GameCube, but not for very long. Which I think several people have told me is like the best one, but I just was never that. But anyway, yes, the way they anticipated people playing it back when people had jobs was that you would play it for like an hour at most and pick it up again the next day and play it a little more, which is why things, you know, happen in, like different things happen at different times of day in the game. Yes, because-
0: which to me is the most infuriating aspect of the game. <laughs> Shit happens in real time. You go through the tutorial, and then Tom Nick is like, okay, cool, that was fun. I'm going to sync up to your own local clock, and then our world is going to share time with your world, which means that once you've accomplished a significant goal in the game world, you have to just wait literally like 24 hours for the thing to get built. Um, and so I feel like I've done everything that the game wants me to do for now and that I have nothing left if I want to play the game other than to run around picking up seashells and catching bugs so I can sell them to buy rose buds that I can then use to beautify the, the local area. I have no idea what else to do with my time. So it's like it's a game that I really want to be playing that doesn't want me to be playing it as much as I would like to. Uh, and so that's frustrating like it's so uh yeah I, I i wanted to say i think i forgot to say that like i don't really have this isn't like necessarily my nerd recommendation um i don't don't know if i can recommend it yet it is a very cute experience it's fun uh my friend liz and i fucked around on each other's islands today and that changed the game in no way whatsoever other than that you're communicating with another person um which was actually surprisingly fun um but yeah it's it's not letting me play the way i want to and binge the way i want to which is exactly what i was hoping to do in these trying plague times so animal crossing check it out maybe question mark uh your turn kyle
1: all right so i have finally i've been binging tv rather extremely so i've gone through a lot of things in the last couple of days but the thing that I think is obviously the most nerdy and actually surprisingly holds up the best is I finally got around to watching the first two seasons of Castlevania on Netflix. Um, nice. So this is, this is actually a couple of recommendations. The first, so I am not, uh, I mean, I assume Nick would know what they are called, but I am not a, uh, a castle weebo, Is that the right term?
0: Ooh, I've never heard that
1: before. I don't like it. I just made it up, but I, that's definitely what you are. Um, but the point is, I've never played a Castlevania game. I would have played Symphony of the Night. Never if, a one? I played like four minutes of Symphony of the Night on an emulator. And I was like, well, surely this will come out like on a port for Switch eventually. I was wrong about that. But, you know, hope springs eternal. But
0: yeah, that blows my mind. i sorry. It's your recommendation. Do your thing. I'm just going to sit here in uh, amazement.
1: Yes, never played the Bloodstained games either, because there's nothing to be nostalgic for when you've never played. I think the closest... I
0: think you're fine there.
1: Yeah, I think the closest I've uh, I've come... I mean, I've definitely played a lot of games that were obviously inspired by people who really loved Castlevania, but including Hollow Knight. But um, anyway, where was I going with any of this? You've been watching the TV show. The TV show, yes. So I'm not actually that deeply... Um, deeply committed to the mythology of the games, whatever it may be. But I do have to hand it to the people who made this show. Like, it is everything I can imagine that you would ever want an adaption of your favorite IP to be. Because it is, like, simultaneously deeply respectful and incredibly thoughtful. Um, So, like, for those who, uh, again, taking this most, because we're mostly talking about the actual show, Castlevania, the show, starts with Dracula, the lord most powerful of all and maybe the oldest of all vampires you never actually find out what makes him special except that he's just i mean he's a vampire but you never find out like exactly why he's the king of all vampires but basically Dracula's the king of all vampires um and he falls in love with a mortal woman and it looks like she's going to convince him that human beings are not so bad but what's this the inquisition decides that because she is smart and knows science. She must be a witch and burns her at the stake while Dracula is off doing other things. So he comes back, discovers his love is dead, and decides he's going to wipe out the human race. So the only person standing in the way of Dracula's genocidal quest to destroy humanity is this one disgraced drunk layabout who happens to be descended from a long line of distinguished vampire hunters. And that guy's name is Trevor Belmont. Oh, Trevor! Okay, who'd you think it was going to be? I expected Simon no, no, this is set this is set in the continuity. this is obviously inspired by the continuity, particularly of Castlevania Three. I know that because of Wikipedia and not because of because it follows he gathers together you know the most of the first season is about him just even accepting that he's still a monster hunter, but he teams up with this weird witch lady who has like ice and fire powers cipher, uh, I bet. Yes, and then... The Does he also f- meet Grant Dynasty? No, that guy is not in it for some reason. Uh. <laughs> but they do wait, And then they wake up Dracula's half-vampire son, Alucard, and together the three of them... So that's most of the thir- first season is just leading to them meeting Alucard, and then the second season is them actually, like, gearing up to storm Dracula's castle and confront him. Um, so there are a couple of things that are worth talking about. The first is just the quality of the animation... Like, it's finally up. Like, there have been some good animated television shows in the United States, but one thing that American animation has mostly shied away from is, like, horror. Like, just because, you know, it's just not a lot of our best animation is still sort of children's-based. But this is, like, when there are depictions of all these, like, night creature monsters, like, storming villages and disemboweling people, like, this is some, like, berserk-level animation, which is not something Mm. I ever expected to see in, like, an American thing. So that's the first thing that sets it apart. Second is the incredible action sequences, well-choreographed, well-paced, well-timed. Um, I'm sort... I don't want to ruin anything, but there's, a, there's one... Battle, it's only like a 10 minute scene, but there is one fight sequence in the last episode of season two that the entire series up to that point basically leads up to. That's like one of the most amazing animated fight sequences I've ever seen in anything. Um, and so, but all of that is sort of icing on the cake of what really I think drives the show, which is the incredible writing. So, one thing I didn't know is that the person who actually wrote all of this show is Warren Ellis. Um, who I've talked about before, I think, and probably in other things. Warren Ellis is one of the most legendary uh, living comic book writers. Uh, he wrote Transmetropolitan and mm-hmm. Planetary and Authority. And he writes almost all of the... He obviously has written most of the dialogue and plotted most of the episodes of the show because it really, it is uh, it is incredibly good characterization. Like The thing that really drives the show is, on the one hand it's just like the tragedy of Dracula as a character. He's just so it's not like the thing is, he's not really mad. It's like, he's not, what am I trying to say? Like, he's not like a super villain. He's just like, he's just like really old. And because he's older, he's just seen more and he knows more than anyone else on the planet. And he has just lost all faith in humanity. So it's not like he's trying to, uh, He's, like, twirling his mustache. Like, the whole thing is just a meditation on, you know, whether human beings, when you consider their whole history, really deserve to exist. And Dracula's like, just, no, trust me, I've been around long enough. The answer is no. I'm doing the best thing for everyone. And, and the conversations around that and the people he's able to convince that that is the case, it's really interesting. And then on the flip side of that is just sort of, like, the youthful, very profane, like, dynamic between, like, uh trevor and alucard who have like this you know they can't stand each other but they're also best friends thing (laughs) oh yeah it's just like a really it's just like you know it's their youthful exuberance on the one hand versus dracula's like ancient and immortal melancholy on the other hand like you basically come to realize very early on in the second season like he doesn't actually want to wipe out humanity he just wants someone to kill him and basically the only way he can convince anyone. the, his, his way of committing suicide is by trying to wipe out humanity so that someone will show up and put a stake through his heart, um, which is actually pretty profound. You think uh, he'd ever just thought to ask? Well, he, they get there, but no. I, you okay. Know, he's, <laughs> he's extra. He still has his pride, you know? He's a big, pr- uh, scary man. So the final thing – so that's all. That's my actual recommendation is um, – it's an incredibly – I haven't finished the third season yet, but at least the first two seasons taken as a whole are fantastic. Um, okay. Just incredible art, storytelling, action, just everything you could want. And then finally, that big fight sequence I mentioned before is scored to a song. I was looking up facts about this fight sequence, and they pointed out it's actually an Easter egg because this fight is scored to the song, a new orchestral arrangement of a song called Bloody Tears. Oh, so I, yeah, that's a that's a hot jam. So I listened to the original Bloody Tears and hot damn is that a good uh is that a good like just classic NES mix that's just oh. fantastic.
0: I'm going to do this very very badly, but is it the one that goes like da na na da na na okay. na da na
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. yes yeah
0: yeah. all right (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) so yeah it's like the perfect platforming and so i went that sent me like down this rabbit hole of like all of these classic nes jams that were kind of before it so Again, this is the exact age difference between us is I think Nick Hyde is an NES, like actually like lived through the days of the NES where I was definitely That is true. I caught the I caught the middle to the tail end of the S N E S. So I have never like, you know, you know, I know the F Zero songs pretty well and some other stuff like that, but I had no idea like so I listened to the Castlevania Bloody Tears and that led me to like all of the Mega Man songs which are actually pretty good, actually pretty good. Like actually one of the major hooks of that whole series is how good the music is and I never really realized how important Is that what that
0: was. led to you uh sending me the the videos of that YouTuber rating the different Mega Man songs?
1: Yes. Because uh... Someone was just pointing out that like all of the all of the like the NES video games, like they were very simple platformers. Like the thing that gave them all of the energy and the character was like just some incredible pushing the limits of their sound cards. And if you think about it, particularly for Mega Man, going on this tangent a little further, it wasn't even Mega Man in Japan, right? It was Rock Man. Rock Man, yeah. And all of those those levels each have their own individual soundtrack with just like these really incredibly fast and frantic like songs that are pretty catchy in the background. Uh, and then that finally led me to this song from DuckTales, which is now like my favorite thing ever that I listen to when I'm going and running and things. And that's just, it's apparently from a level where he goes to the moon. It's just called yeah. the moon and it's amazing. That is exactly it, yes.
0: <laughs> ah, ah, that is a great song. That's a good game too. But yeah, that song is probably the best thing to come out of that, except for the pogo jump, which is a very important movement and attack mechanic that yes. has been reproduced be over no, and over. There would be no Shovel Knight there absolutely there'd be no Shovel Knight, no. And everyone loves Shovel Knight.
1: So now, so yeah, this Castlevania, I, I've tried to go back because I liked it. I was like, well, maybe I'll enjoy some of these. But then just, what I was like, no, there's a reason I don't play NES games. They're too friggin' hard.
0: Okay, I'm going to make a side recommendation then, is that if you want to have a pretty good traditional Castlevania-type experience without all of the old-school frustration, uh, I recommend the, um, the prequel game, to Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which I believe was Bloodstained Curse of the Moon.
1: Yeah, you told me that was pretty good. I was looking at the art for it. It looks pretty outstanding.
0: Yeah, it's not perfect. It's got some little things that bug me, but it's a great game. I uh, It's pretty short too, Um, and it allows for and expects you to have multiple playthroughs. And so I, I played through it like probably five times, and uh, it's great and cheap and quick. Uh, so yeah, if you if you want to have a pretty good semi-traditional Castlevania experience, I give that a very high recommendation.
1: All right. Well, there you go.
0: Well, we should probably just wrap up with that, but I guess I just want to say, Kyle, uh, I'm glad that either you don't have the plague or you're just one of those devious asymptomatic <laughs> carriers.
1: Yes, hopefully, hopefully we'll make it through this thing.
0: Oh, we're gonna be fine, you know many many people won't and i want to emphasize that there there are people whose names i will begin to forget soon because they will be in my past having died but uh for now i got animal crossing so whatever